So, Calvin, what do you got to say for yourself for basically canceling our very carefully planned out camping trip? It's not my fault. <laughs> Whose fault is it? Universe, man. It's against us. Everything happens for a reason. It's the government. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Open Road Podcast here with your hosts, Calvin and Jeremy. We are here, we're back, we're here to talk a little bit about how to help you find more adventure in the everyday. And once again, as Calvin and I love, we are together in the same room. That's right, recording together. Now, we're no experts, and so we're going to share a little bit about how we have failed in the past. Well, we are, well, we should say we're, no, we're not experts, but nope. what we're going to say is we're, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And we had a big camping trip planned, you know, planned months in advance, and it just got kiboshed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you've been listening to the Mm -hmm. podcast, you know Mm -hmm. Friday Friday was National Adventure Day, and we really asked everybody to have a really adventurous weekend, to do something a little bit out of the ordinary. And while we failed on one sense, I think we kind of got it back in another. Let's not dwell on the fail. Let's, Let's talk about the rebound. Let's see. Yeah, that's a, actually a good idea. Well, it is funny because not only did that plan fall through for us to go camping, because you had a really important engagement. Yep. And was it fun, your your party you were at? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an engagement, but yeah, just a kind of a normal party. It was good. It was, yeah. And Hap- en- engagement's a proper word. Yep. Happy to be there, happy to be a part of it and uh, contribute to the, you know, social group. Nice. Nice. And so it was, all of a sudden, my Saturday was free. And I actually got invited on another adventure by a friend who heard that my camping trip had fallen through. To the mall. No, not to the mall. <laughs> Score an orange Julius, hit the <laughs> massage chairs. Uh, leave with a good bag of kernels. <laughs> uh, I got inv- Perfect ending to a perfect day. <laughs> I actually got invited on an amazing adventure that I obviously said yes to. And this was to go to Cleveland to watch the Blue Jays play in game two of the ALDS finals. What's ALDS? I don't even know. I know <laughs> nothing about baseball. I was actually thinking about this, Cal, where um, we should maybe talk a little bit about sports, at least when our sports teams are doing Oh, well. I would love to talk about sports. Would you? No one knows sports better than I do. <laughs> so how are the Jays doing? <laughs> Who's their pinch hitter? Who's their best outfielder? The only guy... I, I think I sent you that hilarious text that I was very worried about Donaldson. <laughs> He's the only guy that I know, and I just will you know, do a little really intense sports fan text. Well, it's actually funny that you were worried about him, because he's the only one who's really actually doing anything for our team. Perfect. It's per- I'm just going to keep playing that card then. I'm the ultimate uh, sports fan poser. Yeah. <laughs> you jump on when it's hot. Who? You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You need a little bit of office talk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways. So, but anyways, the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays are doing great right now. Mm-hmm. I mean... They've is, been doing is, sorry, great. Is that our team then? We have to because <laughs> that's like the team that's closest to us. Yeah. We have to Who else would be your team though, honestly? If you're not into sports, obviously you're gonna go for the local people. Yeah, sure. Though they are down two games against uh you know, uh, against Cleveland, which sucks. Yeah. But anyways I'm devastated. The camping weekend bailed. Then I got invited to go down to Cleveland, which is about a six hour, five, six hour drive for us, which would have been a killer adventure. Mm-hmm. That fell through morning we're supposed to leave. That's devastating. So I'm like, here I am trying to, you know, be an adventurous person and have an adventure podcast and all my stuff is failing. 
And right around now, that the mall is sounding sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> no, the mall will never sound there, sweet to me. Pick Cal, up a new pair of khaki pants. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Try on a couple of belts. <laughs> Dude, how sick were those reversible belts? You have one of those? Brown, no, brown, black. That's a great idea. Dude, they're amazing. Mine just broke. Actually, I really need to get another one. The, the to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> to the bay. Let's go. Uh, where was I? Uh, okay, but so Sports. so I already knew that this camping trip was going to bail. So uh, Friday uh, night, I made sure to go on a nice hike with my wife, and I talked a little bit about that in nice. the bonus episode. Good one. Did you listen to that? Uh, I did because my, my I was little intro? worried about you solo introing it, and it went well. Some My wife said that. Oh, that was pretty passive-aggressive. Your intro? My chirps of you, yeah. Oh, you chirp me? Well, barely. Yeah, no, barely. I mean... It, I can take it. Yeah, if it's not going to be that, I mean, what else would it be? Exactly. Um, okay, moving on. Moving on. Where are we today? I don't know. You were wrapping up your weekend. No. So all I'm saying is, then Saturday kind of, kind of, uh, kind of was now wide open, and all kinds of plans fell through. But it was actually nice. My adventure on Saturday was editing a bunch of video footage from my trip to Iceland that I've yes. been meaning to get to. So even though that was an adventure of sitting at my desk, it was nice to reminisce on that trip and cut together a bunch of little videos. I think you're playing pretty fast and loose with the term adventure. Oh, dude, that's what this whole podcast is. We have like five <laughs> categories of the most random things Sitting so we at your can talk to anybody. Is adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what the, this podcast is all fast and loose about so, adventure? Okay, so we've resurrected a bit. We had a great day today. It's Sunday today. We I'm did. sitting, you know, and we we had a great time. We uh we went on a great hike which I was skeptical about, but I mean, turned out beautiful. Why were you skeptical, Calvin? Just because Southern Ontario isn't known for its hikes i don't know compared to other parts of the world other parts of the world but it is interesting because someone told me that hamilton is waterfall capital of like the universe so maybe what it is anyways doesn't matter because i was highly impressed and blown away yeah we went what to a great view we went to dundas peak D- peaks dundas peaks i don't know what it's called it's this beautiful little trail it's peeps very commercial trail let's be honest though let's be honest there were a lot of bodies out there oh my goodness yep but we had to pay through the nose <laughs> to get in there man paying for nature it's that's a tough thing to hand over isn't it very also thanks for spotting me those 10 bucks man it was 20 <laughs> <laughs> no no no. i paid for the car you just paid for katie's and my admission five Net, bucks uh, ten bucks yeah yeah you still have to pay for yourself you know yeah i do <laughs> even though i'm a guest <laughs> even though you invited us down here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we went on this amazing hike the fall colors are just at their peak I'm really really peaking and um you know so sorry to our american listeners who live in california who don't get those uh, season changes Head on up to the north. Actually, Vancouver doesn't really get them either. So if you're in California and go north, you got to go really That's north. right. No deciduous trees. Now, now, kind of rounding out our day, we yeah. uh, we kind of came to this amazing conclusion that we just had the most ultimate white millennial day. Hipster you could not day. get any more <laughs> white millennial. So let's just lay this out. We uh, started the day at Detour Coffee Roasters. Before that. Before that? Started the day at a evangelical church. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then yeah, I, we met you, we went to a great little coffee spot yep. to get lunch. Lattes. Lattes. I've got a new thing where, uh, everyone was shocked about what I ordered, but, uh, I'm, my new thing at restaurants is to just order the riskiest thing on the menu. Yeah. And it has so far panned out really well in my favor. Yeah. Except usually it's a special and the specials are sometimes more expensive. 
True. You never know what they say. I always hate that. Why is the special not a special price? Why is it just a special piece right. of food? If I had a restaurant, Mike's Cereal Shack is probably what I'm hoping for. <laughs> special would be a deal. You know what's really tough, too, is paying um, market price yeah. for fish. Oh, what yeah. does that even mean? It's terrible. I, I never it's go terrible. for it because I'm always embarrassed to ask, what is market price? Yeah. And then to bail when I find out it's too expensive. Yeah. So, anyways, you... Uh, you got it was good. Whatever you got, I don't know. Like what it was. Some weird soup and some sort of soup with poached eggs, goulash in it. with eggs in it. So we finish up at this nice cafe. Then we go on this picturesque fall hike, like everybody else is yep. doing. Yep. Then after that, where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves at a craft brewery with a flight, <laughs> with a little flight of beer. This is so classic. We'll give them a shout out. It was Sean and Ed's in Dundas, a new little spot. It was good. I really enjoyed every beer that was in that flight. Oh, yeah. But I think when you go to a brewery like that, it's um, I'm easily 50-50 beer and Atmo. So how was the Atmo there? Not that great. I thought it was okay. They could have stepped it up big time. How? What, what, what do you mean big time? I don't know. Just made it a bit cooler, cozier, maybe cushy chairs. Cushy chairs? I thought the music could have been a little louder. Like the music atmosphere music. Is, is really helpful. And right. there were people at most tables, but it was pretty quiet in there. It's too big, I think. You know what I mean? Like, if they had it a little more condensed. Yeah, true enough. People together. People but it was kind of cool how you could see all the brewing equipment. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I just thought, just not, not going to be a 10 out of 10. No, that's fair. You Nor should you. I would never. Um, so, yeah, we had basically the most classic of adventure today. <laughs> but here's what I thought. So, yeah, obviously, we, we played a little bit fast and loose with the term adventure. Yeah. But yeah. It was really nice for us and our wives to hang out together. Something everyone enjoys. You know, and yeah. you actually are doing something that gets you out of the house, that has you appreciating nature. I think that's one thing that I always love about a hike like that. Yeah. yeah. Where you're just kind of like able to stand back and absorb all the beauty that surrounds. Something that I really appreciated about that hike today was the lack of um, safety rails around some of those cliff edges. Yes. I really respected that. Yeah. And I really respected that, you know what, you and I were asking, you know, I wonder if, you know, people have died falling off these cliffs. And then your wife confirmed, oh, yeah, tons of people have died. Tons. Which I felt kind <laughs> Literally of, hundreds. Which I felt good about. I mean, <laughs> it's nice to just be able to go somewhere in the middle of this city. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of like you're in the, uh, on the edge of wilderness. Well, because one thing we were even talking about is how, you know, you do this hike, it's 30 minutes to this peak where this beautiful right. lookout and you're on your way back and you're already like, man, I'm thirsty. I need to go to the washroom. <laughs> and like how we're so coddled that we're never more than... I haven't had a latte <laughs> in an hour. We haven't had a latte. I need a craft brew. Like <laughs> we're never more than 10 minutes away from every, uh, every whim we would want satisfied. So I was just like, as we were coming to the end of our hike, I just... <laughs> looked over at you and said mm, i can really go for a crisp lager right now <laughs> and then we we're just putting it's together so all these pieces of our day where oh, it's just like it's so, so painful oh <laughs> uh, yeah so should we be embarrassed i don't know i don't know no and that's why a i think bit. that's why i think it's about the people like we had really good conversation we caught up on a lot of things yeah. and the pace of the day was so relaxing yeah that i think it's what the doctor ordered oh i agree and, and on on Adventure Weekend, when so many plans had fallen through, it was nice to put a, this little capper on it that says, when plans change, have a good attitude. Don't worry about it. And that's the importance of having the adventurous attitude because if we would have been sad about it, we would have just, you guys would have gone home back to Muskoka. Yep. We would have wallowed in our townhouse in suburbia and it would have been terrible. Wallowing in misery. <laughs> I know, you, you got to adapt. 
So anyways, so I think all in all, it was a great weekend. I, I agree. And I think as adventure podcast hosts, we did justice. All right. What else we want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Is anything on that little list there that you see? <laughs> you, you have on here, don't get down when your, <laughs> when yeah. your plans fail. Yeah. Just don't get down when your plans should fail because, you know, there's other opportunities around the corner. Weekend, I think you had down there weekend of the bail. It truly was weekend of the bail. I mean, even I bailed and I got bailed on. Yeah, I think almost everyone got everyone bailed and everyone got bailed on. There were so many changing this hit plans. a lot of people. Like really, you know, affected a lot of people. One bail just it was a, a spiral. domino effect. Uh, multiple <laughs> we're talking about bails. culture of the bail. <laughs> we really want to we really want to uh, you know nip that culture in the bud because if that takes root, that would be terrible. Jared, I'm just happy. If nothing else, I'm just happy I kept you out of the mall today. Honestly, thank you. I was so worried about the fact that I end this weekend at the mall. <laughs> nothing else to do. <laughs> Well no, if 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 our advice turns into if you want adventure, go to the mall. That's when we know this podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> we will shut it down. It, please, listeners, if that is ever what this comes to, you must shut it down. <laughs> I don't know, Jer. Really hot, humid day. Nothing else to do. Yeah, maybe need a new pair of socks. <laughs> Air conditioning uh, building. A new, little bit of new hair wax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up on the podcast today. Yes. We got a really cool guest on. Yeah, we're having uh, Jordan Valeriat, and yes. he um, fits into our categories of entrepreneurship and also arts and culture. Yeah, uh, we talk a little bit about running and starting and running an online business, which is really cool. Yeah, something you and I are very interested in right now. Um, so we've been doing some uh, doing a little bit of work into looking into this and what it, what it looks like. Um, really cool to hear right from the horse's mouth how it all works. Yeah, and, and what his experience in that whole world has been like. Yeah. And then we also talk a little bit about uh, his music production, and he mm-hmm. has produced some of my favorite records. That's right. Which is really interesting. Nice to chat with him. Really cool. Uh, when I was in university, I kind of knew this guy in his music studio as a bit of a, a legendary place, so it was great to uh, great to catch up and uh, get to know him a little bit. What university was that? Wilfrid Laurier oh, University. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yo, your, your rival. Dude. Max, true rival. Are they big rivals? No, I don't know. How's school going? Should I be headbutting you right now? <laughs> Oh, it's really coming uh, between us. In my golf shirt and Sperry's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a student now. That's all you do. Golf so shirt and Sperry's. So should I get some Sperry's? Yeah, you need to. Oh. And a Starbucks gold card. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> I would never. So anyways, let's get to our interview with Jordan. This has been more than enough. But the central message is, if you should be bailed on, don't let that stop you Adapt. from adventuring. And uh, all right, here comes Jordan Valeriat. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. All right, Jordan Valeria, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? Excellent. Really good. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show with such short notice. Uh, Really saving the day for (laughs) us here. (laughs) Calvin. Yeah, it worked out. Calvin told me yesterday that he was coming into town, and, you know, we usually have a list of four or five people that we're in conversation with, um, uh, you know, to come on the show, but, you know, they all are booked out till next week so it was kind of serendipitous that you were available so thank you yeah no worries i'm uh taking some time off this week so oh nice uh, worked out worked out well yeah nice. uh, are you on a little bit of a vacation a staycation yeah staycation i uh it's kind of funny i for like years i just would never take any time off at all so this year i'm trying to uh be a little better at that awesome and i like it yeah well <laughs> thanks for uh taking some time to this is kind of work i don't know 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's, it's uh, kind of promotion for some of the stuff you do, but yeah, I guess. But I feel I like know. you're I'm sitting just... exactly where you would sit working, so you can't <laughs> yeah, help but feel that, that is, you're in work that mode. That is exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm breaking my own rules right now. But so anyway, well, thanks for breaking the yeah. rules for us. That's a, a bit of an adventure in and of itself. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, so so obviously we, we talk a lot about adventure, and and one topic that we always come back to uh, are people who are creating things, and we think that there's you know a bit of an adventurous spirit when you know with people who create stuff so why don't you tell us a little bit about um some of the stuff you you, you do particularly we want to get into chats about app development and some stuff with your online business so uh, maybe start by uh telling us a little bit about uh hardcore music studio and what it's like to run an online business yeah, so hardcoremusicstudio.com is a site I started last year. Uh, I think it's been about a year and a half now it's been running. Uh, and I basically created that site to help teach people how to get better at recording and mixing um, heavy music specifically, like rock, hardcore, metal stuff, because that's what I... Um, it's basically where I have credibility. You know, I used to make mm-hmm. records um, for many years. So, nice. yeah, I just started putting out videos and courses about how to do that stuff and how to, you know, get better at it. And I kind of started it just as a test because I was kind of researching mm-hmm. and learning a lot about online business. And so I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I, you know, this is something I already know really well. And, you know, I have a little bit of a, a name or an audience who would know who I am. So why don't I just put out a course and see how it goes? And, um, yeah, I remember when I put it out, I was like, if, if 10 people buy this thing, I will be stoked. I'll consider it a success and I'll move on to something else. Right. Cool. And uh, like it, within like the first half a day, I had 10 people had bought it and like wow. 30 people had bought it over the week. So I was like, hmm, there might be something here. So I kind of, Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been really uh, pouring into that for the past year and it's been really, really fun. So how often do you have to put a course up? Um, Not very often. I've... um. You the build way a I course, you course. sell the same course, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I special, I kind of, I keep it closed most of the time. So if okay. you go to the site right now, you can't even uh, get into it. Uh, but okay. then, like two, two or three times a year, I open it up and do a big launch. Okay. Um, so I, I, yeah, I only put out my second course um, like two months ago. So yeah, I've got, I've got three courses now. But um, yeah, for the first over the first year, I only had the one product. Right. So is mm-hmm. that a um, sort of a classic tactic for? online businesses to build in yeah. some of that methodology yeah it's uh it's scarcity right so it's just the trigger that makes it just makes people get on or off the fence right so um or off the fence i should say yeah right. like anyone who's considering you know should i get this course or not you know if, if you say you only have five days to buy it or you know you only have 24 hours to to get this course and yeah. then you're gonna have to wait four months until it comes up again then right. it really uh it pushes people to make a decision and um, it's also easier on my end because then I can just really focus on marketing it hard for, you know, a short period of time. And then in between that, I can just focus on just, you know, providing value and not having to constantly try and Keep get people to moving. buy it, you know, every, every day. Yeah. Do you offer any personal support when the course is running for folks or is that not a part of, of what it is? I, I do a little bit. Yeah. It's, especially at first I did a lot cool. um just but there wasn't many customers right and now mm-hmm. it's there's a lot so it's um I've kind of created community like a private Facebook group and nice. things like that where kind of other course members actually kind of answer questions for each other sure. um and provide feedback and stuff I tr- I try to do my best like uh email all my all my students yeah, back yeah. and stuff but um 
sometimes it can be hard, but uh, I try my best. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, um, that's pretty brilliant. Are you able to like listening to hardcore music? Are you able to tell when it's really terribly done? Does that stand out to you? <laughs> yeah, I think there's some dead giveaways for for me for sure. Ooh, I'd uh, love to hear what the dead giveaways are. Bass drops that are too loud. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that wasn't one of the things on my mind. <laughs> Too much but yeah, China? That, that could be one. <laughs> well, what are some? I mean, the, well, I mean, there's like the obvious ones where it just sounds like, you know, this the recording, the mix just sounds like it's just cloudy. Like there's just like a blanket over yeah, yeah. it. You know, it's just not clear. Yeah. Um, which is hard uh, when there's so much distortion. So that's why I imagine yeah. people are really interested in learning about how to make it sound really good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's I'd say another bit that giveaway for me is uh, too much reverb. Okay. I think. Reverb is one of those things, that, you know, like it's a classic thing. Like any anyone or you're just starting out, you add some reverb to something and it mm-hmm. sweetens it up, you know. And then, uh, but it's just a, it's a crutch, right? Because it instantly makes something sound better. But if you keep doing that all over the place, it just becomes very cloudy and um, just messy. Right, and it sounds okay, but to a trained ear, you know that they're they're covering up some mistake or something that sounds not as good with yeah. reverb. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, uh, let's dive in a little bit to the, your uh, said credibility. Um, <laughs> what are some of the bands you've worked with in the past? Um, yeah, so some bands I've worked with uh, are Silverstein, um, Dead and Divine, a uh, band called Neck Deep um, from the UK, uh, Intervals, a uh, band called Forevermore, who's on uh, Solid State Records. Um, yeah, they just put are... out a new record, didn't they? They just did, yeah. I didn't work on that one i mixed the one previous nice yeah can you also quickly kind of cole's notes walk us through some of those different roles what's the difference between a mixer and a producer and i always find that a little bit confusing as a uneducated uh consumer of music yeah basically like there's kind of three roles i guess four i could say uh there's you could be the producer the engineer the mixer or the mastering engineer okay so i mean producer is basically you are you're working closely with the artist you're giving input on the songs you're helping them rearrange songs um choose this you know the sounds the vision the overall direction things like that um the engineer is like the technician so they're the one at the computer they're setting up the microphones they're choosing that kind of stuff uh, and then the mixer is just like after the fact, after everything's recorded, they take all the tracks uh, and then obviously you just, you know, you treat every instrument on its own, every track on its own and combine it all together to a final um, stereo mix that um, then goes off to mastering. So, and yeah, there's what a lot that... always happens at mastering? <laughs> Good question. I like to know that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know. It's, um, it's basically like, it's taking the mix and one thing it's making it very loud which is kind of a whole other thing in its own but basically just making the mix very loud so that it's i don't know competes with other stuff on the radio right because you don't want your song to come on and then have it be quieter than everyone else's well that is interesting because even with some of the apps that i use on my computer like for example this podcast is way quieter than other podcasts but Mm -hmm. i can't push my levels anymore or else i'm clipping so yeah, when I so use that, the cheap exporting tools built into this computer system, it might sometimes be a little bit quieter. Yeah, so that's like, that's a really really good uh, analogy. It's the same thing that happens in audio. So like, uh, someone like an amateur mixer will not be able to get their mix as loud as like a professional mastering engineer, and they have the tricks that they can get it up that loud 
without having it sound distorted right. uh, or nasty and bad. So it's not something that I've been interested in or um, am good at, but there are mastering engineers who are um, just really great at that. And that's that's kind of what it's become, unfortunately, is like a lot about loudness. Um, but um, the, it's also about making sure the mix um, sounds good on all different speakers. So whether you're listening on these little right. earbuds or yeah. if you're listening on a huge system, you want it to, to sound good on both, right? Oh, yeah. interesting. And that's probably a pretty big challenge. It is, yeah. Or how it's, does it sound uh, good out of a phone, right? People now listen out of the tiny little speakers yeah. of their phone. Oh yeah, exactly. It's and always pretty I think devastating. a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of that's up to the mixer, but it's right. uh, the mastering engineer can definitely kind of help smooth that over for sure. So, have you at times in your like running your own studio played the part in every one of those? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of varies. I mean, for most projects I did, I was all three producer, engineer, yeah. mixer. Some projects I would say, yeah, you know, I didn't really produce that. You know, if it just depending on the genre, maybe if yep. it's a genre that I wasn't familiar with, I didn't have much input. I just kind yeah. of was yeah. more the engineer. Um, but yeah, mostly I would I would do all three unless I was only mixing. Yeah. So you play some instruments yourself then? Yeah, mostly guitar. That's kind of what I what got me into music yeah. long ago. So but, uh, d- some other things. How have you found it working with bands? Are there bands who allow you to help them with parts? Are there some that are like really protective? Are you like I know some producers or engineers they'll like really help or even write certain parts and that's a collaborative process. Other times it's a little bit of a, a, mm-hmm. a gray area. Yeah, you could be stepping on some toes yeah. pretty easily. A lot of egos yeah. in the room. Yeah, I'd say I always tried to work with the artists on their on their parts, but I'd say early on it, there was less of that. But kind of as you build, you know, credibility and stuff, there like I think there got to a certain point after a bunch of years where it was just like any band that was coming in to work with me, it's like because of the a track record that I had, or maybe they're coming to me because they like such and such band that I worked with. They're automatically gonna listen, sure, right when I have ideas. So that's not that's not easy off the bat. But yeah, I'd say like most of the. Like within the second half of my career, I guess you could say thus far, um, it's pretty. There's kind of a mutual respect usually with um, the bands I work with, and um, they don't they don't mind. It's, it's kind of like a. It's kind of funny. Like the the worse the band is in terms of just maturity and skill level, yeah. the more they're gonna be offended by that stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. And whereas like the the guys who I, are I, like, I can see that. Yeah, I guess that yeah, makes sense. It's kind of the opposite of what you might think, but then right. then it does kind of make sense. Yeah, the the really good musicians they'll they are totally cool with like you know um trying out new ideas and being open to other stuff right yeah and they'll be able to match your your idea with why they thought that theirs was better and you can actually talk about it yeah and since they have the skill there's there's not the fear i kind of came to realize that um a lot of the times when you get pushback from bands when you're when you're suggesting stuff is because they're afraid that they won't be able to pull it off. Sure, um, right. So I've had kind of some experiences like that where I'm like, hey, why don't you try this? Or why don't we add some harmonies? Or why don't you, you know, you yeah. change the riff like this? Or blah blah blah. And it's like, you know, there's the pushback, right. but it's out like, of their comfort zone. I, yeah, it's out of their comfort zone. They don't want to. They don't want to basically maybe reveal that they can't do that. Sure, or interesting. Maybe they've never done it before. That kind of thing. But that's also part of the producer's job to help kind of overcome that. So. I love like the, the just the picture of a high school band just having the biggest ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Well, you probably yeah. worked with a lot of those. Like even when you were working with counterparts, they were probably like eighteen, nineteen when the first record came out. For sure, yeah. yeah so you probably saw a lot of those really young guys. Oh yeah, I've uh, 
you yeah it's i've had some funny experiences in the studio <laughs> for sure <laughs> um what would you say was either a record or a project that um like kind of pushed you to that next level where you stopped being you know some young guy that people would you know kind of when you gained that credibility was there a tipping point for you uh it's hard to say like in those years like like how did you get good (laughs) i did it a lot uh were you doing a lot of freebies mm, i mean early on like i start. i think like in 06 i just started i had literally had no clue what i was doing just recording my own bands my friends for free 20 bucks a song whatever um by 2008 i felt like I was going to take a leap and do it full time. So cool. I did. And I, I didn't look back after that, but it was, I'd say between 08 and 2010, like I just had my head down. Like I was in the studio six, seven days a week, uh, easy 10 to 14 hours every day. Like that, that was my life, you know, wow. band after band after yeah. band. So, um, I think that's obviously one reason why I imp- got better at it. Um, but also, yeah, the tipping point, I don't know. I'd say maybe that the band counterparts, yeah. um, I did that their record and this other band called Structures um, right after that, and neither of those bands. That was like, all of the above, right? The EP. Yeah, yeah. So Sounds I, so I good. really, thanks. <laughs> I really liked uh, Counterparts. Uh, I loved working on that record. I think it's a the songs are really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and but I didn't, you know, they were just like a like you said, like a super young band from Hamilton. Like yep. I had no idea what would happen, but uh, yeah. Shane from Silver Scene, he he has a little label and he picked him up and put out that record, so that helped. Oh, and cool. then um, Structures uh, also ended up getting picked up by a management company and then eventually by a label as well. So I'd say those two records, um, kind of, I think they they were the first step in kind of um, propelling me forward. I'd say. Yeah, it's, I think it's really neat how you took that experience. It did. Um, and thought, how can I leverage this um, with this online business? I kind of want to go into that in a little bit more detail because I think mm-hmm. that's a really hot uh, thing to do right now. There's a lot of people, especially in my mind, the adventuring types who really are trying to live life on the road and have remote businesses that make the yeah. residual income. Yeah, fully mobile. And clearly you yeah. live in a house and I think you, you know, you have a family and things like that. So you're not that type of person who's looking for necessarily that type of adventure from your business, but um, kind of what inspired you to really get that going and how did you learn what to do? Cause clearly you've had some success with it. Yeah. Um, I, I guess maybe to fill in a step in between there. Yeah. Um, I started an app company um, in 2013. So I've been making records for like five years and um I don't know. I was just had some other interests. I, I'm kind of a techie guy. So like yep. when the first iPhone came out, I was like, this would be so cool to make apps. So, mm-hmm. uh, I started trying to teach myself how to program and that died pretty quick. <laughs> uh, it's just like, I wasn't good at it and it wasn't my thing, yep. but I came across some book about how to build an app business. If you're, you know, how to hire programmers and oh, okay. all this stuff. So I followed that process. Uh, my brother-in-law Mark, uh, invested into it with me. Um, and, cool. uh, yeah, we put it on an app and it was slow to get going, but um, eventually uh, we had some good breaks and um, started making some good money off off the apps. Can we still uh, download got... one of those? Oh yeah, we still we've got like. What's one of your more famous ones? Yeah, check out uh, Stickman Trampoline. Stickman Trampoline. So, yeah, so it's it's um, you know these are not like um, breathtaking games by yeah yeah you know but, but it's just, uh, just casual silly fun games yeah. you know. Um, That's yeah, really cool. Uh, so I did that and that kind of 
it was honestly like I read that book and I was like, you know, if I could make like 500 bucks a month on the side extra passively, like that would be amazing. You yeah, know? that passive income's awesome. Yeah. And then there was a point where like I was working so hard on making records and um, I would wake up in the morning and check our apps and it had already made more money than I was going to make that day in the studio. Come on. Uh, and while I was sleeping, um, not that that has been every day, but there was like a period in there where right. it was just really hot. And I was just like, man, it's just, it's made me really question things. And then, um, is your uh, company yeah, called so the app ward? Yeah. That's you guys. <clears throat> Dude, yep. these so are like a... all like massive apps, five yeah, stars, 386 reviews. These are that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. The stick man games kind of took off. Um, yeah, we, we've had, I think, like, 6 million downloads on, wow. on iOS. Wow, on. Yeah, yeah, That's all amazing. free games, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that kind of, it it was kind of accidental, but that literally just, like, opened the door to business and entrepreneurship cool. right to me. Whereas, like, I mean, I was technically self-employed doing the studio thing until then, but it's still kind of, like, I don't, I think that, like, I guess you're an entrepreneur if you're self-employed, but you're kind of just working for yourself as a job you know you're not like sure. you're not owning a business you know that makes money when you're not there exactly so yeah. this whole app thing was just like oh my gosh this is actually possible you know and well and you're hiring um, people and you're working with a system and you're creating yeah. something out of nothing and mm. getting it out to people and yeah exactly so i just that whole door was blown open to me so i started you know listening to business podcasts entrepreneurship podcasts reading all sorts of books and it just became a huge passion of mine and that's kind of how i started learning about also the online business and selling info products like online courses and stuff like that. So right. uh, read a bunch of books and just thought, yeah, yeah, I could do this or I just, I'm going to follow this product, you know, launch process and see, see if it works and it did work. So um, yeah. So since then you have made uh, the courses or was that before the apps? The courses were after the yeah. apps. Yeah. Nice. So, and so are you finding that you want to just keep going with those or what do you find more, I don't know, enjoyable or fulfilling to work on and, what earns you more fruit? Yeah, the uh, the online courses have uh, just um, exploded in the past like twelve months. So that's really where I'm putting a lot of my time. I'm kind of, I still am a little bit in the apps day to day, but it's it's fairly passive at this point. Right. I don't think it's going to be my long term pursuit just because I'm not, I'm not like a gamer. I'm not super into that stuff. I just, it was just kind of something I just tried, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, it's still, it's still going. So we'll update every once in a while, but we've kind of just in the past few months kind of taken a step back to make that a little more passive. And then I'm focusing on the online business cause it's just, um, growing, um, a lot mm. and, um, I, it's more fun and I think it's a better long-term play and it's, it's rewarding too. It's really, that's kind of caught me by surprise is like putting the courses out and then hearing feedback from students saying, yeah. you know, Oh, I got your course and I just quit my job because I'm going full-time in my studio now or wow. you know, yeah, I'm getting so my first cool. clients or or I release my album or s things like that. Like yeah, it's really that's like super rewarding. Super fulfilling, yeah, for sure. All from your home office. All from my home <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah, here, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool and I think that that success story that you kind of shared with us there is one of the reasons why people are kind of flocking towards this this type of work yeah. but also because it, if you don't have something that legitimately helps people, you're not going to make it. So it gets people right. to think much more clearly about how can they legitimately yeah. add value uh, to people's lives or to other businesses or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I love the saying, just money, uh, money follows value, right? So mm. if you put value out there, 
if you put more value out there than you expect to receive, um, it's going to, it's going to come back to you eventually. So yeah, it's not, you can't be thinking you're just going to put something scammy up and make a quick buck. It's it's not going to last that way. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, it's a, it's been, it's a great business. Yeah. And I am home most of the time, but I mean, last year we have a two year old son. Um, last year we took him to Paris and Rome for three weeks and I worked there. Um, was in Italy again this year. Yeah. And, uh, the past two winters, we've gone down to Florida for like two weeks just to get out of the snow and I'll, I just take my laptop there and I do work from there and it's, uh, it's awesome. You know, I'm certainly not vagabonding around the world, but I like to mix it up every every now and then. How do you find, like, what's some, uh, I have to, um, sometimes work from home and I, I always, I'm just distracted by lots of things. So I, I actually have a pretty hard time with it sometimes. Um, yeah. how do you, how do you do that full time every day? I just got have gotten into routine now. Um, <clears throat> do you lock your door so your kid can't come through? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. Calvin, no Calvin lock, and but... his wife are expecting their first kid, so he's yeah. trying to get a couple Getting little some, uh, okay. insider tips here. Yeah, it just comes down to like expectations and communication. You know, yes. just like it's like okay, I'm you know I need to make money you know for our family obviously, so it's um you know we just decided okay from eight till whenever from eight till four I'm I'm working. And, you know, don't like, obviously I'm pretty flexible, like yeah. I'll help out here and there, yeah, yeah. but like, you got to go to the general, bathroom sometime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got to come out of there. <laughs> yeah. In general, it's like, we just have the agreement, you know, between these hours I'm, I'm working. So, um, that's kind of my time to, to do my thing. Yeah. And then off of those hours, I don't work. And I try to, you know, I keep all my stuff up here in the office and not bring it around the house. Right. You know? I've taken recently, like this year, like I've taken all the my work email accounts off my phone, stuff like that, just to, because the challenge at home is like you can you're, you can never unplug, you know, because right. you're just right there getting emails and stuff. So I try to distance myself uh, outside of those hours. You and, try to take yeah, a few days off, and then all of a sudden these guys start pestering you about yeah. a podcast. <laughs> right. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. Should have <laughs> turned my phone off. But, yeah. It was a text from a friend. You was unsuspe- un- unsuspecting. Yeah. Yeah, trick me. Little shout out to Matt. Thanks for hooking us up with Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> Matt uh, rarely listens to the podcast. Okay. Uh, I think he's a bit jealous of it. No. <laughs> oh yeah. He just uh, well, he's been saying. I remember he texted me months ago about it. So. Oh, cool. He's obviously supportive. Yeah, no, he's Matt. Matt's great. So, uh, Jordan, any predictions for the podcast world? I mean, we've kind of how long? Like we're like six months into this. Yeah. And I'm getting nervous about you know technology and other worlds what are you getting nervous progressing about? that will eat out the podcast world and we'll go there hmm. okay but anyways <laughs> what are your thoughts on on podcasting and perhaps some uh, i don't know in in the online business world yeah i think there's um i mean i know podcasts are a hot thing right now but i think there's still plenty of plenty of growth to happen there um i think Good a lot answer. of people a lot of people are still just starting to get into podcasts, you know, like probably, you know, if I pick 10 of my friends, probably two of them listen to podcasts, you know, so right. there's another 80% of people who still um, could get into it. So I think, I think the future is great because everything's just going more to on demand, you know, it's like, it's the new radio, right? It's like, yeah. why, you know, why be stuck with your radio stations? You can listen to whoever you want. Um, I think, um, you know, maybe it will move more towards video, maybe. I don't know. But, um, or maybe you'll have to maybe do both at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some people doing that already. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. But I think, 
I think there's a good future ahead. And I think the key to if is if you want to make it a business is to just build your own audience, you know? So yeah, find, find some way to create a customer or a, a listener list or something like that, that you can really interact with people. And well, I think that's interesting about your business too, because in, in my mind, it would have been very easy for you to say, all right, I'm going to start an online business that helps people to mix music. But mm-hmm. when you go even a little bit more niche than that, it then creates a much tighter community of people who um, are going to be interested. And yeah, I like to mix music, but whoa, I would obviously rather do the hardcore or heavy rock music if that's what right. I'm into, if that's what I'm recording. Well, that's so a specialty. In, yeah. in, on one hand, you're like, oh, is this pigeonholing me way too much? But on the other hand, you're like, no, because I'm going to get really committed people who want to learn this exact type of thing. So I'm really yeah. happy to hear that you found a pretty large audience, even within something that's so niche. Yeah, for sure. And as the saying goes, the, the riches are in the niches. Remember that. Oh, so that's a good one too. It's, uh, it's better to be a big fish in a small pond, right? And then right. you can grow from there, but it's good to just dominate a narrow space at first for sure. Have you found any other people doing stuff like you're doing? Like I, I, I listened to your podcast a little bit. You kind of have a question and answer podcast. Um, yeah. And you had a guy like Joey Sturgis on who's like a yeah. massive, big, big name guy, massive, yeah. big name. Um, yeah. So he's coming on your podcast. So is he doing something like this or other people? Yep. Yeah, he's got a podcast. He's he's partnered with some other guys, but he has a course, a uh, mixing course as well. Yeah. Um, hmm. There's there's a few. There's maybe three of us that are kind of doing it on this scale, like in the heavy music uh, niche. Okay. Um, if you broaden out just to like mixing and producing music in general, there's, there's a lot. Um, yep. So yeah, it's, I think the, it's a pretty big market. And even though I focus more on heavy music, I still get crossover from all sorts of people coming in Sure. to who are, that's not really their main focus, but they're just interested in general. So yeah. Cause I imagine at the same time, you now know how to get different types of sounds. Like, there's a lot yeah, of heavy yeah. music that has really melodic and, you know, even acoustic guitars or all kinds of different stuff that you're still recording. Maybe yeah, some rap people, lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and some it's, you know, how, you know, with music is people, even if people like if metal is their favorite genre, they still appreciate other music. It's the oh, same for thing sure. with, with engineers, you know, or, or if you're a guitar player, maybe you like playing punk rock, but like it's still cool to learn a blues lick once in a while, you know? Oh, like totally. That, so. What is it yeah. with people that listen to metal music always have a really... Uh, great understanding of other genres, but it doesn't go the other way around. <laughs> there was yeah, actually sure. an interesting stat that I heard somewhere that people who listen to metal music are significantly <clears throat> more open-minded than people <clears throat> who listen to say top oh, 40 or country 100%. music. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's just alternative points of view, I guess, mm-hmm. from <laughs> artists. Makes, and then also it makes sense to us three who like that type of music. Yeah, of course we're <laughs> yeah. smarter than everybody. Of course. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's that a lot, a lot more. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of depth in the in the metal because even within metal, there's so many sub genres. Yeah. But like, it, a lot of it can be very technical musically. So I yeah. think. Oh yeah. Uh, people get into that, um, and then that, in a way, allows them to appreciate different kinds of music, right. even pop. You know, that was kind of for me. I never listened to. I love pop music now, but like, sure, I got into metal first, and that was kind of like, whoa, what are these guys doing? Like weird time signatures and yeah. weird you know riffs and stuff and then that kind of got me more interested in learning more about music which just you know expands everything so nice you've been in bands before and when you work with bands does that ever give you the the itch to jump back in not at all (laughs) (laughs) i love that answer (laughs) did you not like touring or recording or being like writing or just that the whole 
politics. I like I like playing, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just the whole playing live shows thing just wasn't for me. Like I, I didn't think I was very good on stage. Um, in terms of also, like your presence or your playing ability? Yeah, my just my presence. Like I I, I'm definitely an introvert. I don't like the studio thing is just perfect for me. I like yeah. to just be kind of behind the scenes yeah. doing my thing, and so, I mean, it was like. I definitely had some memorable shows playing and stuff, but like, yeah, when Kingdom started ramping up and we never like, I never did even like a full on tour with them, but even just playing like where a weekend where we play like three, four shows in a row. And I just remember like, it was, you know, a, a blizzard on like December 28th one year. Yeah. And we're like driving back from Windsor to Guelph uh, at like 3am <laughs> and it's, it's a blizzard out. So and it's so awful. But our anything van to get is, out of Windsor. Yeah, or, you know, there's, like, cold air coming in through the floor of the van, and we're just sitting there thinking, like, okay, if, if we don't die on this drive home, like, I'm done. This. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, and you're just so. thinking this to yourself. Everybody else is so pumped on the show they just yeah, played. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yo, we just crushed Windsor, man. Can't wait to yeah, go Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but that's, that's interesting, because I feel as though Kingdoms, that band was one that was, in some ways, kind of set to blow up in a, in a way, like... You guys had some uh, like a really good first EP. A lot of people, at least in the the scene that you were a part of, and that I kind of was uh, an uh, an observer of during university. Like you guys were yeah. kind of getting ready to, to to go pretty big. I thought. Yeah, I mean, all the all the signs were there for sure. I, to be honest, I don't know what happened. I don't I don't know why they broke up in the end. Because um, I was already gone by that point. Sure. But yeah, it's too bad. Because yeah, the, it was. Uh, it took off very, very quickly from the start, for sure. Yeah. Well, because of your, you know, decision to drop out, you've maybe birthed a few other bands in the process. Yeah, maybe. You know. Um, one thing I don't want to, well, one thing that I've kind of been reading through the lines of, of chatting with you today is that you're really, um, you've done a lot of research. You really like learning. You like studying. Would that kind of be accurate? Yes, very. Um, so with, with that in mind, are there um, are there any particular things that really inspired you that you think our listeners, like really good resources or um, hmm. different things in particular that inspired you that could inspire others? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, a classic is uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Okay, um, nice. So, so anyone who's just kind of considering, you know, maybe they're not happy in their job or maybe they just don't see themselves doing that for their whole life, um, check out that book. Um, the title's obviously a little sensationalist. Sure. But, uh, it's, uh, it just gives you, it kind of opens up your eyes. I actually just reread it again this year hmm. just to kind of reground myself and, you know, why am I doing this? Because the funny thing about having your own business and stuff is like you start, you, you start it to have freedom and then it just kind of eats up everything, right. you know what I mean? So you kind of got to periodically just take time to be like, okay, why am I doing this in the first place? Sure. You know, so anyway, yeah, check out check out that book. It's just about, just about thinking differently, you know? I think um, if you want to have a life that is um, extraordinary, you have to, you can't just do ordinary things, you know? You have to mm. think completely differently um, from everyone else, so books like that are a great way to just open your mind that's great yeah would you have any other tips and tricks for people to either add more adventure or a little bit more creativity or something that would help people take uh you know a first step in that direction of of getting kind of out of the ordinary yeah i mean obviously my mind just always goes to like having your own business or something but i think 
almost everyone out there probably has something that they could create and share on the internet these days um, that would could maybe bring them an income maybe even just on the side you know mm-hmm. like I always tell people friends you know like what you know you should do something like this you know what if you even if you made a thousand bucks a month extra like what would that do in your life you know and that's pretty good that's, not, <laughs> that's yeah it is not that hard to do um so the thing is I'd say I'd say maybe you know if you have a passion if you have a skill something that you've worked at for a long time something that you love um and something that other people love too then maybe just start just researching it there search and see if there's podcasts about that see if other people are making courses about that see if people are writing books about that and if they are that's a sign that maybe you can do that too because people are obviously interested in that and that's kind of how I got started is I just realized whoa other guys are teaching courses on this mm-hmm. like why why can't I do that and you just when you're starting out in anything new just like maybe copy is a strong word but imitate what people are doing that are what's already working right yep. so yeah, um, and I, I love what you said going back to a little while ago, just about you know, starting out in a small niche area and then you know being the big fish there and working outwards. Yeah, yeah. There's like I've heard of so many crazy uh, online businesses that are just like insanely profitable that are stuff you've never heard about ever. Right. You know, um, a buddy of mine is a computer programmer. He just quit his six-figure salary job because he put out a programming course. And it instantly like replaced his income in like three days. Wow! It's just like you know, it's so there's there's just like the opportunity is like insane. But you just got to start. You just got to start doing something, mm-hmm. you know, and not be afraid of of making mistakes because you will. Um, but you got to put yourself out there. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I don't have any more questions. You, Jerry? No, that's that's really helpful, yeah. and I think a good place for us to uh, for us to end. And it's interesting to hear even the fact that oh, I reread a book that inspired me way back because I did some of the things that it said I found some success but you know there's still always more to learn and and yeah. more to um more depth or more yeah yeah I guess just more to learn so uh yeah that's been a uh, that's kind of a cool lesson I'm taking from this so thanks uh Jordan mm-hmm. where can uh, people find your uh your website your producing company uh, do you have any presence online at all yeah I guess I mean, the best way to see what I'm up to, I guess, is to go to hardcoremusicstudio.com. Um, I do have a personal website, uh, jval.me. Uh, I think it's been like eight months since I last updated that. But <laughs> nice. uh, I plan on like blogging a little bit about, you know, more of the business, the lifestyle yeah, side you over there. Feel free to put but, this uh, podcast on there. Just saying. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll share it with my audience, too. Um, you know, on the music stuff, and maybe they'll get a kick out of it. Cool. As well. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's just helpful to hear even a I mean I'm sure a lot of the people that you already work with know your story in depth, but I think for people to kind of hear a, a bit of a high level overview of some of the stuff that you've done, maybe there's something in there for them to to learn and pull out and I I know I'll be thinking about some of this stuff as I lay my head down to sleep tonight. So That's right. Great. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, fun, thanks guys. a lot for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Jordan. All right. Thank you, Jordan. That was fun. That was great. Yeah. What a cool guy. I think um, it's, it's especially interesting to hear him talking a little bit about some of the money that's in online business. I don't know right. if you've ever bought stuff online, but it's weird because like your money goes. It's not usually a lot of money, but there are people making so much money off some of this stuff. I know. It's kind of wild. And, it, and it's one of those things where you 
hear a lot about it, and because it's online, you never know how legitimate it sketch. is. Seems fishy. So it's kind of cool hearing from someone that, um, well, I mean, we now know and understand. I mean, it is possible, but... Uh, the app stuff is really cool, too. Really cool, yeah. I mean, it's cool, too. Like, And it's still, you always think about, or you hear people that get involved in this, and it's like, oh, they've done no work and are insanely rich. Right. No, it's a ton of work, of course. Well, and it's interesting, too, because... Like once you, if you, even if you hit a good break, like clearly Jordan has, you still mm-hmm. want to do other stuff with your life. Of course, like you're the yeah. type of person who's driven. You don't want to sit and just, yeah, yeah, watch it roll in. Yeah. Uh, what would your app idea be for like a really fun game? I was trying to think oh, of a fun game. I was trying to think of something that would just go absolutely viral. Hmm. I thought of like, uh, I forget where I was. I think I was, I, I, I don't know. I was actually, the, <laughs> I was at CrossFit and yep. we were doing an outdoor workout in the parking lot where we were like running up and down the parking lot mm-hmm. and then doing all kinds of crap. And like cars were coming into park and it was kind of like Frogger. And I was like, would there be a really interesting variation of Frogger that I could create? Frogger and CrossFit. Y- no, not and CrossFit, but like I was like alien Frogger or some variation on that because that's the stuff that seems to go pretty crazy. Yeah. So I was trying to think, simple. would it be? Yeah, so super simple stuff like. Yeah. I don't know, a fish crossing a river of alligators. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of think for myself, I mean, you know, back in the day when we were kids, Pokemon was really big. So if you could somehow figure out how to make Pokemon but like a reality so that like you had your phone Calvin. and then like Calvin, you would Calvin, collect Calvin, the yeah. Pokemons no, on your phone. And they would show up in the real world? Yeah, but I mean, like, it through the lens of your phone, right? Cal- and then it's a game. <laughs> no, And then Calvin, you can like Calvin. go around and... Calvin. Actually, yeah. You know what? You're right. That would make millions. You should definitely do it. Yeah, I think I'm on something. Yeah, so definitely message Jordan. See how you can put together a uh, sure. software crew. Cool. Yeah. He'll know the guys that put me in touch with. Yeah, he definitely will. Cool. So anyways, Jordan, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Your insights were much appreciated. Uh, anything else, Calvin? Uh, I think that's about it. We've got <laughs> some really cool guests coming up in the future. We really we do. do. Um, we're not just saying that. No, we've been really uh, excited about some of the caliber of people we have coming on the show. That's right. So keep listening. Keep sharing this podcast with your friends. Yeah. Uh, we love being on this journey with you. It's helping us to be a little bit more adventurous to really learn what it means to live life to the full. I think that's mm. a part of this podcast, right? We're asking the question, why is adventure even important? Is it why? Why bother? Why bother? Is it a frivolous pursuit? Is it something that is worth what's at stake? Seeking <laughs> who's involved so anyways so thank you guys for journeying with us on this podcast and again we'd, uh, we'd appreciate it if you shared it with uh, with some uh, of your adventurous friends yeah we'll be uh, be sure to keep you in the loop you check out the website we have lots of cool content on there you can check out uh, more details and how you can uh, check out what some of our interviewees uh, have been up to in the past and please follow all the people that we've uh, that we've introduced you to they're worth following they will continue sure. to keep the inspiration chain going in your life should you uh should you want to do that so we would definitely encourage you to do that so all right we'll catch you next week on the open road podcast we hope this helped you find a little more adventure in your everyday